all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, now, in essence, in essence, what does it mean, Bishop, to delight myself in the Lord? It means whatever's important to him is what's important to me. And only when what's important to him becomes important to me does the second part of the verse apply. Then he'll give me the desires of my heart. Why, why would he give you the desires of your heart? Because he knows if, if you have enough integrity to put what's important to him first, he knows he can trust you with whatever desires are still there. Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. So, so we understand we've got to put what God wants and what's important to him has got to be important to us. Can't be optional. Can't be something we get to if we get time. No, it's got to be, got to be number one. Mark chapter 10. Go to verse 28. Mark 10 verse 28. I have ministered on this particular passage before. We're going to look at it from a different perspective. Mark 10 verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, in essence, Peter thought he was owed something. Now let me go ahead and help your neighbor. He thought because he was serving that somehow the church owed him something. He, he thought that because he was a leader, somehow the bishop owed him something. He, he felt that he was owed something. He, he felt entitled. You know folk that feel entitled. They, they think because they showed up, you ought to be happy. Peter, Peter tries to get flipped with Jesus, but I like how Jesus responds. He says, let me tell you something, boy. That's what it surely means in modern translation. It means, look here, boy. It says, I say to you, there's nobody that has left house, brothers or sisters, father or mother, wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's sake who shall not receive a hundredfold now, when? In this time. Then he tells you what you can expect to receive. Houses, some new brothers and sisters, mothers and children and lands. But he tells you what's going to come with it, though. He says, but you're going to get some persecution with it because folks are going to talk about you. You're one of them church people now. You're one of them Jesus people now. You're one of them Christians now. You're right about it. And in the age to come, you get eternal life. So this is a pretty sweet deal. He says, he says, he tells him, he says, listen. Whenever you lose or sacrifice something for the sake of the gospel, he says, I'm going to make sure you get repaid 100-fold now in this lifetime. And he says, and by the way, you get eternal life too. You, your, 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 your neighbor must not have heard what I said. It don't get better than that in terms of a deal. But look at what he says. But many who are first now shall be last and the last first. One more place. Go to Romans 10. Romans 10 verse 14 and 15. Romans 10, 14 and 15. So we got it. Delight yourself in the Lord. Make what's important to God important to me. Then I'll get the desires of my heart. Then I understand whatever I sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the gospel, whatever I sacrifice, whatever is lost, it's not lost. It's just being invested. I need to get that. It's not a loss. It's an investment. When you, when you put money in the stock market, you, you're not losing it. You are investing it, which means I'm exchanging what I have today for something I'm expecting tomorrow. All right? Now, 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 one more place. Romans 10. Look at this. 
verse 14, how then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? What's he talking about? Salvation. And how shall they believe in him whom they haven't heard? Who is he talking about? Christ. And how shall they hear without the preacher? Well, watch this. But how is he going to preach unless he's sent? In, in essence, he's saying there's a chain reaction here. He, he's saying if the people don't get a vision to serve, then the preacher can't preach. If the preacher can't preach, the people can't hear. If the people can't hear, the people can't be saved. You, you see what he's saying? So look what he says. How beautiful are the feet of those. Who preach the gospel. Bishop, Bishop, I don't have a mic. I don't have a church. I'm not a preacher. No, but you're a servant. And you preach through what you do. Because what you do is so loud, nobody pays attention to what you say. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach. Who are you talking about? You who bring tidings of good things. Father, you hear me. You always hear me. In this moment, I decrease that you might increase. Father, do what you always do at a harvest worship service. Taylor, make this message so that people think I got a camera in their house. I got a phone that the bat phone is ringing up to my office or something. Speak in such a way that people do not leave doubting that you have spoken to them clearly today. And it is in that voice that they will have confirmation of their assignment in you and the next step they ought to take. And it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. High five two or three people as you take your seats and say, we need a servolution. We need a servolution. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, the entire premise, I want to review a little bit, of this entire series has been that people say, get Jesus, get Jesus, get Jesus. But that's not the problem. We have Jesus. We just have to get a better understanding of what Jesus has and what he gives to us. Now, moreover, we've been talking about living a life where you're satisfied. Somebody say satisfied. Uh, so far, we've learned that we're from heaven. Now, you've got to get the CDs in the series because I don't have time to reteach that. Look at your neighbor and say, you're from heaven. Uh-huh. Uh, then we learned that God fills us with heaven called his what? Kingdom. And we receive a job called the what? High calling, which is when we use our lives to change others' lives. See, your life will never have much meaning until it becomes greater than you. Your, your life will never have much meaning until you see yourself as a solution to somebody else's problem. Your, your life will never feel complete and satisfied as long as you're trying to serve you. Because eventually you're going to get sick of you. You've been one of those moments where you're just sick of yourself. You, just, you don't want to be bothered with yourself. Well, you, well, then we learn we must be, I'm going to help your neighbor today, uh, we must be possessed or enthusiastic about winning souls to Christ and getting people connected to our great church. Remember we learned the word uh, possessed there and enthusiastic, enthusiastic literally meant to be possessed by the Spirit of God. Then last week we had a, a spiritual fashion show and we learned we have to wear Christ in a, you remember the two? Contemporary and what's the other one? Avant-garde, well, y'all, y'all a good class, y'all a good class. We, we learned that an avant-garde individual, it means unorthodox, it means daring, it means radical. You're at harvest because in some way or another, believe it or not, you're avant-garde. How do I know? Because I am. And so that will attract that which is already in you. Now watch this. Uh, an avant-garde, look at the say, you're very avant-garde. Remember, that means unorthodox, daring, and radical. Uh, avant-garde people, they do not sit up playing ring toss with one another. Oh, you know ring toss. You know when somebody gets up, gets, gets in, in water and uh, they begin to drown or what have you, they throw them the little life ring? Right, 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 right. Well, that life ring is what the world's looking for. It's what the world needs. The, 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 the sad thing about it is most people don't understand they're drowning. And so that's what the scripture says in Romans. We have to first convince them that what they think they're doing that's right ain't all right unless you got Christ. Then the second thing is we got to throw them a life ring. Tell somebody to say throw them a life ring. But a lot of church folk are content with playing ring toss with one another rather than throwing the life ring to the people that need him. Saved people don't need a savior. They need to mature in God. It's unsafe for Jesus said, I'm not come for them that are well, but for them that need a physician. 
I've heard God folks say, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to use my life to go save somebody else's life. Which means I don't care what they say about me. I don't care if they get offended. What? I'd much rather be right with God than make a man happy. You, you, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'd much rather offend you than offend God. So Avon God people, they don't play ring toss with one another. We got 1,800 churches in Denver alone. And we still got unsaved people. We still got homeless people on the 16th Street Mall. We still got people that are hungry. Not over in Africa somewhere. Right here. You can't tell me with all these churches and all this money. Why is it like it is? Because there's no avant-garde servants. People want to play ring toss with one another. But an avant-garde servant says, I'm going to be daring, radical, Perhaps unorthodox because I understand my life is about being a living epistle. And I got to be passionate about reaching other people, not only with the message of Christ, but with the message of where God has planted me, with the message of harvest. Somebody says, Bishop, I don't know how to really touch people. I don't know how to win people to Christ. I'm just too scared. So you're going to let somebody go to hell because you don't want to sweat for 10 minutes. No, I'm just saying. This is what I do. You just share your story with them. Sometimes, sometimes you ain't got to have no scripture because they ain't even read your scripture. So you say, well, the word of God record. They don't know what the word of God is. They don't know whether or not you're a Jehovah's Witness. They don't know what you are. So you ain't kind of give them no scriptures. No, you just share your story. Man, this is where I was. This is how I was messed up. But this is what God did for me. And if he did it for me, I'm here to tell you, he's no respecter of persons. He can do it for you. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. See, you got to not be ashamed of your history. you got to learn how to be proud of where you... You gotta learn how to walk up to somebody and say, hey man, how you doing? Yeah, I was locked up, but God got me out. Yeah, I was struggling on drugs, but look at me now. And if he did it for me, stop being ashamed of where you've been. Stop being ashamed of the hell that you've been through. It's the hell that you've been through that qualifies you to stand today. Without what you've been through, don't nobody want to hear you. I've had somebody say, I'm not ashamed of where I've been, not ashamed, not ashamed of the mistakes I've made, not ashamed of the bad decisions I've made. I'll stand up and tell whoever needs to hear because somebody's life will be saved because of that. When you become a Christian, when you become a Christian, there's five steps you have to take. First is faithful church attendance. You Church, church is more than a hospital because in a hospital... You get well and leave. So we can't have bunches of hospitals because that will explain why everybody's playing ring toss because it's only the nurses and doctors left in the hospital. You're not saying nothing. So, so it's more than a hospital. It's an equipping center, which means when I give my life to Jesus, now I'm coming to learn how to make my redeemed life look redeemed. Now let me say that to you so you real simple so you get it. When you're talking about getting things right with God, you don't get things right so you can come to church. You come to church and get things right. You got friends right now that say, man, I can't go to church with you. I ain't right. Well, explain to me how you're going to get yourself right. Well, what you going to do? Because if you would have got yourself right, man, I think it might have been right already. So that means I come to Jesus just as I am. And when I come to him and I'm real with him, he'll take my life and turn it and mold it and shape it. But he can only do that through faithful church attendance. So, so that's important. Then, then the second thing is I have to be faithful in my service to the church. I can't just come and consume. I have to come and I have to give back. I do that through my service. Uh, the third thing you have to do is decide what's not coming with you in your new life. One of the worst things you try to do is get saved and serve God and bring all of yesterday with you. You, you, you can't start a new job and bring all your employees from your former job. I, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So when I give my life to Jesus and I get serious about that, I got to decide who doesn't get my new cell number. I got to decide who don't get my new email because I got a brand new life and I'm not going to let you pull me back into yesterday. Man, I'm too close to what God wants from me and I'm not going to let you, 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 you. Nobody is going to stop me. So I got to decide what's not coming with me. 
And then I need to give them papers. Dissolution papers. We separated as friends. You can't walk with me no more. Well, well, you just got over there. You're just a Christian and you're leaving me. Hey, listen, you can come with me or I can leave you. But, 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 but I'm serious about this Jesus thing. I'm, I'm serious about this Christian thing. I, I don't want to be one of those Christians, them CME Christians, you know, the Christmas Mother's Day and Easter Christians. I, I want to be real with God because I believe there's more to my life. So I got to decide what doesn't come with me. Then third thing I got to do is I have to, I have to, I have to commit to daily prayer and Bible reading. And get some tools out of our resource center to help you with that. And, and, and when I'm just getting started, I don't try to read the Bible for an hour a day. That's too much. Because you're going to get confused and befuddled. You're trying to figure out well, now who begot who. Now, I thought, so that's her cousin? Okay. You, it's, it's, you know, no, I, I start where I'm at. I don't have to be super saint. So that's the reason some people quit because they think they have to be more than what they are. Got, got it? So, so I commit. When I give my life to Jesus, I, I commit to, to prayer and daily Bible reading. I can start with 10 minutes at the beginning of my day. Amen. Now, for those of you who have been saved for a while, you ought to be past the 10-minute mark. Don't talk about you've been saved. I've been saved for 15 years, Bishop, and I'm right about seven minutes. <laughs> well, you need to at least up it every year you've been saved or something. Something. Does the neighbor say something, something? I don't know. Fifth thing you got to do, fifth thing you got to do, because I'm going somewhere, is you have to decide to grow closer to God. The scripture says, if I draw nigh or close or near unto him, he's going to draw nigh to me. Which means, God, I, if I take one step toward you, you're going to take another step towards me. And if I take, I, I ain't got everything all right just yet, but if I take another step towards you, you're going to take another step towards me. And it's when I make a decision to really get serious, because I'm talking to somebody, because we're talking about heaven or earth. When you make a decision to finally be real and really serve God and really get serious about it, that's when you need the church more than ever. You'd be a fool to go fight a war by yourself. You got a little handgun and they got machine guns and, and tanks and all this. And you talking about, I'm just, just me and the Lord. You and the Lord can't get it done. No, you need some warriors, some saints that's been through some stuff. Some folk that can walk through some stuff and can say, man, I know how it is to go through that. But let me show you how I got through that. You need some folk to walk with you. Touch your neighbor and say, walk with me. One decision in life determines eternity salvation only one way to be saved you got to hear the gospel preached how do i hear the gospel it has to be preached via the local church how do we preach how do we preach the church needs avant-garde servants we don't need a revolution we need a servolution because there's so much more that goes into church than me preaching All the things that have to happen and behind the scenes and planning this and plan there's so much more that happens for the 35 minutes or 40 minutes I'm in front of you every week. It's called the Pareto principle. It's the 80-20 principle, which means 80% of the effort produces 20% of the results, but 20% of the results produces 80% of the uh, X, whatever the X is, to be able to do what you need to be able to do the other 20%. Get the tape. That was really I know. Get the tape. Are you getting it? Now, now watch this. In our, in our world, we are seeing that there are revolutions rising up in nations. People are getting frustrated, and they're getting angry, and they're getting mad, and they're having revolutions. Revolution means turnaround. That's what it means in, in its simplest form. It means a turnaround. Touch your neighbor say a turnaround. But I found out that revolutions are normally led by renegades. For 30 years you've been oppressed and all of a sudden y'all want to say something? Bishop, what, what are you trying to say? We don't need in the body of Christ a revolution. We need a servolution. Okay. Uh, 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 all right. Uh, all right. Bishop, what's the what's, what's servolution? Let me give it to you. It is a turn to serving. See, revolution means a turn around. Servolution is a turn to serving. Now, now, I'm going to help you this because, 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 let me give you this line. You ready? I live well to serve. 
So you can't serve and you always tell oh, challenges. Woo! Oh, you can't, you can't. You're going to serve a bad Jesus. Your Jesus is going to be burnt. And you're trying to call it Cajun. Watch this. I live well to serve. Watch this. But I serve well to live. Come on, y'all. This is simple stuff. Please, y'all help me. I live well to serve. Now, that well is important because, because some people think just because they do that the doingness of it qualifies. I made it up. It's in the Harvest Dictionary. Well, let me give you an example in the relationship. I pay the bills. When we made this deal at the cross, at the cross, when I first, oh no. When we made the deal, the deal was you took me and all my baggage. So don't sit up here and act like you're doing me a favor. Like you're doing me a favor. Say man, I did. Oh Jesus, I want to dig. Well, I cleaned the house. You fair all day. That's the least. Say preach, Bishop, I'm a dig. Say preach, Bishop, I'm a dig. Say preach, Bishop, I'm a dig. What's the point? Come on, married couples. The worst thing to a marriage or any relationship is when somebody feels entitled. Well, I got her some flowers. Okay. You're supposed to. If that's how she receives love. But you need the practical love teaching so you know how she receives love. I washed his clothes. You were washing yours. I mean, but you couldn't put mine in there too? Now you don't walk past mine. Seven bishop before I dig. But what's this? Watch this. Here's the solution. Because it's not just in church, it's a lifestyle. Because in America, I need to make an indictment against America. And I'm gonna be the judge, the jury, and CNN covering the case. I need to make an indictment. The indictment is we are, think we're entitled. And we're dead wrong. That's the charge. Now I'm the judge. Guilty. I'm the jury. Sentenced to what? A solution. And now I'm Anderson Cooper. Now tell me. <laughs> Our young people think they're entitled. Mom, I'm 14. Everyone else in my class has an iPod touch. And I know you just got your income taxes. Because you sent me out here to get it out of the mailbox. Who is the U.S. Treasury? Entitled. Think we're owed something. That's ungodly. Because what if, what if we stopped asking, what can I get out of this? And what if we started asking, what can I do to help further what we're doing? What if your kids' parents came home and said, Mama, what can I do to help? Every need they had, you'd be like, okay, let's go to the store. What you want? What if at your job, people stopped coming with a nasty attitude and they started coming and saying, what can I do to help? I know I'm off the clock, but what can I do to help? I got to wait 30 minutes for the bus anyhow. What can I do to help you? What if in the church, people stopped asking, what is it the church can do for me? And started asking, what is it I can do for the church? That, that's a servolution because a, a servolution says... I live to serve, but man, I can't live unless I serve. I'm not living while, while I'm sitting up trying to get my needs met. This is why you see, I can tell you the people that don't have their needs met, selfish folk. Selfish folk always in lack. No, it ain't lack because God looks and says, I don't like that. Your attitude stinks in my nostrils. So you figure it out on your own. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Preach, Bishop. JFK, 50 years ago, he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. See, watch this. God has planted you in harvest to use your talents, gift, money, knowledge, and time to help build the church through serving. When I make the church flourish, he'll make me flourish. 
You, you know what's funny, though, is some Christians are expecting their ship to come in. Any day the Lord is finished. Oh, I feel it. Remember, in, in the Baptist church, when folk got happy, I mean, wigs would come off, stockings would come off, y'all, from my former Baptist folk. Because <laughs> if they got happy, you understand, it was a move of God. <laughs> now, 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 but, but, but. But what should I say? What should I say? Uh, if 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 I don't understand that the way up is down, I will be expecting a ship to come that's not on its way. So, Mister Why did you mention people getting happy? Because if I said to you in three days, God's getting ready to do this, you tear the church up. I mean, and you'd start a song, tear the church up. I mean, the young people been there, you know, tear the church up, tear the church up. Hey, tear the church up, tear the church. <laughs> what, what's this? But when I say serve, well, all right. Don't nobody get happy. So if you're expecting a ship to come in, any day, God's going to do this. He's going to do this. This is why I don't like hype preachers because they always get people excited about something that God knows and they know ain't coming. It just makes them get happy. See, I don't like that because we, we, we've had too many years of that. And people have been saying, well, where's the ship? And God is saying, it's not coming. It's not on the way. Why? Because Mark 10 said, the only way I can expect a hundredfold is when there's something that I've sacrificed for the gospel's sake. Okay, see, see, y'all are getting happy. Say, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Preach, Bishop. What have you given up? Watch this. Not just giving it up, but giving it up well for the kingdom. Your talent, your gifts. It's amazing when it comes to church stuff how folk put it off like it's just something, something they'll get to when they get to it. And then you expected him to move on your behalf, and he's saying, I'm not doing nothing. Why? Because my word already told you. If you don't do it and don't do it well. Are you getting this? So there's some excuses. There's some excuses that Christians come up with for why we don't serve. Not just in the church, but in life. Because you meet people that won't serve, I mean, nowhere. Everywhere they go, there's about, well, what are you going to do for me? They're with them, Christians. What's in it for me? That's in the Harvest Dictionary, too. First, first excuse people come up with. You've heard these excuses, so when I get to your excuse, and can I say this? We've all made them. Because at some point or another, we've all felt entitled. But can we be honest today and say, thank God we got a word that told us we're not entitled. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I, what says, I, I get to serve, not I have to. I get to. It's a privilege. And the moment you don't make it a privilege, God says, I got something called tribulation that'll help you figure out this thing as a privilege don't you love how the lord teaches because 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 he's not one of the, he ain't just going to say okay the lesson is a and a and a plus x equals divided by the quadrant no he'll do that he says okay let's go on a lesson he's like miss frizzle from the magic school bus he wants to see some of <laughs> i flipped through the channels the other day and i left it there and i sat and i said good evening now this is one of us all right so they get on the bus, and the bus leaves. Let me, for those of you who don't know, go Google it when you get home. Miss Frizzle had a magic school bus. The magic school bus was whenever somebody brought up something, she'd want to teach them a lesson. But she didn't want to do it in the classroom with paperwork and homework. No, she'd get in the magic school bus and take them to the place of the lesson. So somebody brought up the planets one time. And so the school bus, it's got eyes, and the eyes be moving. The school bus flew them to outer space. God is like Miss Frizzle. He says, oh, you want to be mean to people? Come on, get on the bus. Get on the bus. Either Miss Frizzle or Spike Lee, one of the two. He says, come on, get on the bus. Let's go. That's what 
it will do to you. Anybody ever been there where, where the Lord says, I'm going to have to show you better than I can tell you. So there are five reasons people come up with for why they don't serve. First thing, this, this applies uh, uh, exclusively to the church. I can't attend every service. I work on certain days, and then I can't attend every service, Bishop. So I just figure I'd, I'd much rather, here we say something spiritual, I'd much rather do nothing than not be able to do something all the time. Psalm 92, 13, write it down. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Which means if I can't attend every service, guess what I do? I do what I can. Which means I can serve once a month, I serve once a month, I can serve twice a month, I serve twice a month. Now let me say this, for those of you that maybe this is your first time, we don't have a deficit of servants here. You, you don't preach because of a problem, you preach to prevent problems. See, you're dealing with a ministry here that I'm not going to preach to you uh, just after you get in something. I'm going to preach you through it, and I'm going to preach to you before. So when it comes, you'll be able to say, Bishop, I really taught me how to deal with that, man. Second thing, second thing, I already made reference to this. People say, I don't serve God because I'm not all the way right with God. You, you, you know people that say that. Maybe you saying that to yourself. Maybe you said that this morning. Somebody said, come on, let's go to church. Why ain't I? We ain't right. <laughs> we ain't right with the Lord. I know I ain't living right, so I don't want to be going in the house of the Lord lying. Now, you ain't lying. The Bible says they that worship must worship in spirit and truth. You know you messed up, so there ain't no lie. <laughs> and when you lie to yourself and tell yourself you got it together. But, but can, can we be honest? We all got some issue. Some folks have just learned how to shield theirs a little bit better than others, but everybody's got something on the issue. Everybody is a spiritual construction zone, and you're under construction right now. Everybody is. So there's no need in you feeling like you're less because of this, that, and the other. Listen, the person sitting next to you got some stuff too, and neither one of you wanted to put it on the screen. But thank God for reality television because we've been watching you. Not just <laughs> Go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We got to move. Matthew eleven twenty eight. So remember the excuse people make. I'm not always right with God. You got family members right now. I, I know. Come on, go to. I know. I know. I know. I know. You right. You right. See, they just tell you what you. You right. You right. Come on, God loves you. I know. I know. I know. I know. You right. You right. <laughs> when you gonna get it? Look at this. It says, "Come to me." All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Watch this. Take my yoke. Yoke means burden or, or approach in this context, approach to the scriptures, upon you and do what? Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Check this out. Here's what the enemy does. He tells you, you can't go to church because you're not right. What he knows is the Bible. And he knows the Bible says the only way you get rest from those burdens called your junk, your issues, your sin, the only way to get those issues is to come to God. Well, how do I get to God? We already learned you got to get them through here. So what the enemy does is keeps you from the place where you'll ever be able to get rest. So then you're always in unrest because you never go to the place to get rest because you think you don't qualify for rest. Which means I come to God, I said it earlier, just as I am. Now, I don't plan on staying that way. But I come to him realizing he's the only one that can fix my issues, my proclivities, my idiosyncrasies, all of that. He's the only one that can fix that. So, so, so when you talk to your folk now and say, I know, I know, I know, you just got to tell them. So how are you going to fix it? I mean, tell me, let's have a real conversation. Well, you know, I'm just going to work. No, I want a plan. Write me some steps. A second reason, I, I'm not right with God. I, I, I'm not all the way right with God. Get, get, guess what? That, that, that's the biggest lie ever perpetrated. When God looks at you and you're a born-again believer, and if you're not, you're going to have an opportunity to do it today. When God looks at you and you're a born-again believer, he sees his son and he says, Behold, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased. I don't see your sin. I don't see your junk. I don't see your issues. Hebrews says he doesn't even want to remember it. He says, I choose to forget it. Now, isn't that something? Because see, now let me go ahead and correct, because people think the Bible, Bible says forgive and forget. No. He forgives and forget. I forgive and remember. 
JFK, I like JFK. He said, uh, forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got it. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, uh, when he looks at me, he sees me in right standing with him. See, because what the enemy will tell you is, you know, you ain't been good this week. You know, you ain't been a good Christian this week. Don't be going to church. Just watch it on the computer. No, no, no. Here's the deal. On the day you think you've been your best, he looks at that and says, that's still stanky. Let me translate to what scripture says. It's still as filthy rags, which means I'm never going to find in myself that righteousness. I only find it in Christ. Now, is that a license to do wrong? Certainly not. Absolutely not. To the contrary. Because I'm redeemed, I want to live like it. Because I'm righteous, I want to live like it. I'm not living like it to become that. Because I am that, I live like that. Did you get that? Third thing. Third thing. Third excuse people give. I'm not the serving type. That's just not me. Okay. Go to Matthew 23, 11. Now, now, before you flip there, we're going to flip, but don't look. Flip, but don't look. Okay. How many people, and it's okay, all right? This is not, this is, this is, this is not. How many people you want to be great? Okay, now all the falsely humble people, don't put your hand up to you. You want to be great too. You want to be, I just want to be a lowly, dusty world Jesus. No. Okay, good. So everybody wants to be great, right? Whatever great means for you. Now, the people say you don't want to be great, okay. That's fine. Then you need to go get this series and every other series that I have ever taught, and you need to get them all today. Because you're delusional. All right. So we all want to be great, whatever that means. But that means you just want to be a great wife. You want to be a great husband. You want to be a great son. You want to be a great daughter. You want to be a great cook. You want to be a great, you know, I've been praying on that cook thing. I'm getting better. Jesus. And, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what, whatever it is, you want to be great. You want to be great at something. Nobody wants to go, man, I just would really like to be average. You know, I just, I just like to be a loser. Who, who says that? I'm just saying. Nobody says that. Nobody wants that. God doesn't want that for you. God put you inside of him, which tells me he thinks enough about you to know that you can be great, whatever greatness means for you. Now, now look at Matthew 23, 11. Now, we, we found out everybody want to be great, right? But he who is greatest among you, so do what? Serve. See, I tricked you. Everybody wants to be great, but the key to greatness is through serving. We don't need a revolution. We need a servolution. And remember, not just in church, out there. Parents, imagine if you took on the attitude of, I'm here to serve my children. Well, no, no, wait a minute, Bishop. I ain't here to serve them jokers. Now, I'm not here. What if you took on the mindset that these are gifts from God? That's what the scripture says. And so I'm here to serve the God in them, which means I'm going to bring out the best in them. Even though they may be acting crazy, watch me serve the God in them and bring out the best in them. Maybe they'd stop acting like Mikey Myers, Jason, and Freddie if you started serving the God in them. And when they act real crazy, you look at them and say, you look like a mighty man of God. God's going to use you to do great things. I see you preaching. I, I see you healing people. I, I, I see God using you because I'm here to serve the God in you. Imagine if we took that mindset. And then these kids better get it together. How's that working? I'm going to serve him. I got a leather belt. I'm going to serve him. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that alone. Fourth reason, fourth reason we come up with. And we've all come up with these reasons, so nobody feel guilty. I never preach to condemn. Uh, it's never my intention. People in glass houses should never be in a position where they're throwing things at people. So, so that's never the case. It's about a word, understanding what God wants from us. He wants a what? Servolution. Not a revolution. A servolution. See, because a revolution says, we're like this because of the government. Let's go pick it and protest. Mm -hmm, that's a revolution. God don't want that. He wants a servolution. Why don't you ask the government, what can I do to help? Or matter of fact, I'm not even from here. I'm 
from heaven. I'm a citizen from a foreign land. So I'll tell you what. I'll just set up the kingdom system. Y'all do what you got to do. But I'm. How about I not blame my problems on others? How about I, I do what I can do? Are you getting what I'm saying? Fourth reason people come up. I'm too busy to serve. I have a life outside of church. Matthew 10.39. Let's see what Jesus says about that. Too busy to serve. I got a life. And I always wonder when people say stuff like that. What do you mean? Because you don't do nothing but go eat and lay up. <laughs> I understand. So if that's living, then okay. Enjoy that. Matthew 10, 39. Watch it. Whoever finds their life will do what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life, not for a man, not for a woman, not, not, not for an organization, but for who? For my sake. What are they going to do? Find it. So it becomes then antithetical, perhaps counterintuitive and counterproductive to say, I'm too busy to serve because I have a life. No, the book says you don't have one. You lost it. Who did you lose it in? You. Okay. Y'all yeah, still with me? All right. Fifth reason. Fifth reason. Fifth reason. So I figured I wouldn't get no runners today. <laughs> Fifth reason. You ready? There's enough people serving already. Enough people doing the work already. Enough, enough people. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. Put it on the screen real quick. My question to you, if we don't, who will? No, seriously, if we, if we don't, who will? Harvest, we touched literally thousands of lives last year, fed thousands of people, called thousands of people, touched dozens of communities last year. You can get it in the magazine from the year in review. We did that. My question is, if we didn't do that, who was going to do it? We're going to sit around and wait on the 1,800 churches that's been here to do it? I'm not doing that. I've been holding my breath a long time. And I don't like swimming. <laughs> Matthew 9, 36 to 38, you got it? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like, having, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is what? Plentiful. Oh, but he says the laborers are few. So my question is, if, if we don't serve, who will? Amen. If we don't care about our community, who will? Amen. If we don't care about what's happening in our schools, who will? And I guess, who, who's going to do it? The government? They come to us. Our city. Well, I'm preaching from the Aurora campus today. Our city, the city of Aurora, Colorado. I right, some of the country folks say Colorado. Still trying to figure out where that's at. They call Harvest Christian Center to meet the needs of the people they can't help. So if we don't do it, who will? Now, 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 now. Let's look at the day and say, I can't have excuses. So we need a solution. Say it again, we need a solution. Watch this, Harvest. We need a solution because the vision God has for our church is big. And one man can't do it all, and a few people can't do it all. So I'm here to announce that on this day, a servolution starts today. Which means every day I wake up, instead of saying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, I'm going to say, Lord, I live well to serve, but I serve well to live. Show me who I can serve today. Show me whose life I can make better today. I'm here to announce to you a servolution starts today. Why, Bishop? Because the church has three stakeholders, and you need to know this. The church is God's by ownership. It's mine by stewardship, but it's yours by membership. Say, this is my church. Say it again. Say, this is my church. Which means I don't go to harvest. I am harvest. Now, I want you to see this. There's this video I got. I want you to see. Because it explains to you our vision. Now, it actually promotes a book. But the video gets the point across. I want you to see what God wants us to do and what we're endeavoring to do this year. Touch your number and say, it's happening this year. I'm not waiting on you. You're going to have to catch up with me. It's happening in this year. Take a look at this video. Let's think about 
Let's think about the New Testament church. Writers composed letters which circulated to various churches, and these churches shared letters with each other. In this way, the very first churches were multi-site, and the movement grew. Fast forward 2,000 years, a time when many growing congregations launched fundraisers to build even bigger churches. But multi-site churches are bringing the New Testament model back. Today, multi-site churches usually begin as one central church and then launch additional campuses in new areas, including neighborhoods, cities, states, other countries, or even on the web. These churches are moving into old buildings, gyms, theaters, coffee shops, and schools. We're taking church to the people, and it's changing everything. We're no longer limited to a single service in one building. Instead, multi-site offers lower costs with greater impact. Outreach and evangelism are increasing. Formerly, unreached people are hearing the gospel. But what makes good multi-site churches tick? In the multi-site church revolution, we'll show how multi-site churches can develop a common vision, budget, leadership and board, and ways to stay healthy. In the multi-site church road trip, we visited 14 multi-site churches and brought back transforming stories and strategies of planting success. Multi-site is the new normal. Churches with 200, 2,000, and 20,000 people are experimenting. Is your church ready? One church in, I need somebody to get help about that. One church in global locations. I said one church in global locations. We've not come to take sides, but we've come to... Now, let me say this. I'm about through. We are experiencing all four kinds of church growth. First is called eternal. Uh, internal, rather. That means spiritual growth. You cannot come to harvest and tell me you didn't learn something. On my very basic day, you get more food. Second kind of growth, expansion growth. That's reaching people like us. Like us is people like you. Got it? We're experiencing that. Third kind of growth is extension growth. And that's what we're doing. That's why we need a solution. Because extension growth means new campuses that are in new communities that are going to reach new people. Bishop, shouldn't you wait until they're 20,000 members? No. That's how we get to 20,000. And then I don't care about numbers just for the sake of numbers because you can have 40,000, 50,000 demons. So that doesn't mean nothing. We want a spiritually healthy church. We, we want people that are mature believers. That, that They may come in here, but by the time they've been a few weeks, they, you understand? Numbers is for the sake of numbers. I, I'm not into that. Fourth kind of growth is bridging growth. It means reaching a new group of people. So this year, I've already talked about it. In January, we're, we're doing three things on those last two ends. In terms of extension growth, we've got two new campuses we're doing this year. The Denver campus and the Carl Springs campus. I'm going to get a solution somewhere. If y'all will have one here, they'll have one in the spring. Some, somebody's going to give me a solution. But, but, but then we're doing that fourth thing, and we've already talked about this, the bridging growth, reaching a totally new group of people, and that's what we're doing with Iglesia Harvest España. We're reaching Spanish-speaking people. Bienvenidos! That's all I know right now. Amen. So the question is, Bishop, where do I start? Number one, number one, you have to start, if, you, if you're brand new, start with KLU. Now, KLU, we understand some people the time and that kind of thing, so we're going to make KLU available as an online course very soon. Till then, come, come physically. Number two, until KLU is done, uh, we have missions partners that are listed on our church website where you can go and represent the church, represent us well with our missions partners, people that we give money to every year. Last year we gave over $10,000 to our missions partners and cash and other things. And so we believe in partnering with people that are already doing it. We don't have to recreate it. They're doing it. So we just get behind them and support them. So you can do that. Third thing is get the word out about why you love Harvest and why others should be here. Now, of course, you know we're, 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 we're at an overcapacity for this particular campus that I'm preaching at today. And, uh, on, uh, and next month, uh, what's the date? April 3rd. You know, we're going to two worship services at this campus. Amen. 
And, and so we want to ensure that we start and we start and we, we, we move and we press because God likes what we're doing. He loves what we're doing. He said, Bishop, 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 why, why are you taking this approach? Why are we going multi-campus at this particular juncture? Why, why are we doing this? Because I am convinced that if we don't do it and do it now, number one, the Lord told me I have to do it and I have to do it this year. So that's number one. But the second thing, beyond that, I'm convinced that there is not enough of life being given in our region. Amen. Hear me. God has not called us to pastor a church. He's called us to pastor a region. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Which means I've come for this entire region. And if you're somebody, you say you got a burning in your spirit, you say, Bishop, oh my God, I could just get out of my seat, start running and doing laps. Then guess what? That's why God's brought you here. He brought you here not so we can play ring toss with one another. He brought you here so we could go take that life ring and take it to Colorado Springs. But Bishop, don't they have a lot of churches, but not like us? Bishop, doesn't Denver have a lot of churches? Sure, but not like us. Not where you can come and see white and black and tall and yellow and this and that and every color, every creed, every age come together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stand on your feet with me. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com.